Welcome to PRS Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando on one episode 184. Another update episode. That's right. And I jam-packed so much that I just cut off Mike. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> All of our listeners are very used to that. They're like, when I finish a sentence, they're like, what? Mike has complete thoughts? I'm so sorry. No, it's good. Uh, but yeah, so um, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, but you're kind of making me nervous with how much we have to talk about. Well, I mean, we have the fall seller update. We ran some experiments. There's there's a lot of changes going on. I mean, not not bad. I think this is all good. And uh, a lot of things I'm excited about. And it's crazy because we're not even at Q4. We're not even having Q4 discussions yet. So, yeah, there's plenty to talk about. But how are things going for you? Good, man. I mean, so one of the things uh, I kind of teased last episode uh, about some stuff I learned on eBay like, oh, that's right. How, you worried me because I'm like, is something I don't know? How, how much of an expert I am not on eBay. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, we decided we were going to do the auction challenge, right? Kind of figure out auctions. And so I was telling my wife about it and we were kind of talking about like what types of items. And we we had the brilliant idea of like, we should just like auction up off um, all of the big bulky items that just take up a ton of space, okay, right? Okay. So, or the things that's like, I, we just want to get rid of like clothes. I'm not really interested. Like I can hold on to clothes for years because it doesn't take up any space, right? But like, if it's like something big, it's like, uh, let's get rid of that. That'd be nice to, to have gone. So we were talking about it. And and I remember I was like, yeah, I want it to, I want the auction in on Sunday. I want to do a seven day auction. And she's like, well, today's Monday. And I was like, <laughs> oh, late. yeah. So I'm like, well, I guess I can't, I can't do a seven day auction. Well, oh, well, I'll just look through over the next couple of days and I'll do like a three day auction, right? No big deal. I'll just start it, you know, Thursday, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll start on Thursday at four <laughs> o'clock. You know, that way it ends at Sunday, four o'clock. Oh, I know no what you're going to say. Yeah. And so I'm starting to go through and I end a listing, uh, relist item, change it. Because you can't, I wish you could change, just change the listing from buy it now to auction. It's annoying. You got to end it and restart over because it'd be nice to be able to keep, you know, the watchers mm-hmm. and views mm-hmm. and stuff. But anyways, I end the listing, restart it. It was a huge fee for the item. It was mm-hmm. like 40 cents to to have, a, they call it a special auction yep. uh, time frame. And I'm like, what? Why isn't, are you kidding me right now? Why can't I just do a three-day auction or a five-day? Nope. Seven-day auctions are the only ones that are, I'm already paying for auctions, right? Like when I have my subscription, my source subscription, I have so many auction listings, but only seven-day listings. What's up with that? So I think it's a relic from back in the day, eBay, right? Because it was all auction-based, right? Mm-hmm. And so obviously it would make sense that they would charge people more for shorter auctions, right? Because they're, they're giving a perk, whatever, right? At that point in time. But now, like, I think that's just something, it's kind of like the whole idea of like, why why don't people pay right away? Like, why is that still the thing? Even with managed payments, yeah. why can't people just well, be forced to pay? And that's another one. If you're doing auctions, you can't have, then pay right away yes, with managed I, payments. What what is going on? Like why? Yeah, like so it is twenty twenty. You have to have buy it now as an option in order to do immediate payment, right? And I don't want to have a buy it now if I'm auctioning off an item because what I'm hoping for with this is I want to I want to liquidate a lot of my inventory. So if you didn't listen to a couple of weeks ago, the idea was I've got some stale inventory and I want to get some movement happening on on eBay and I just want to get rid of some stuff. So I was willing to put things up initially. I said like at cost. So if it sells, I'll break even. I put everything up a little bit more than that, but you know, I'm just kind of thinking it'd be nice to 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 get rid of some stuff and have that capital again that I can go buy something else. So, so not only do you have to pay for a shorter auction time frame, right? And we talked. I mean, it makes sense. Like, if the if, is this like a rant video? A little bit, 
Um, so the 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 Sunday at four o'clock, um, you know, as as for the West Coast as being a good time because that's what seven o'clock East Coast. Yep. Um, so that ends up being a good time. But then there's some problems with that, right? So it's the middle of the week. You have an item you want to auction. You can't do it and have it where it ends. You, you should just be able to just set like your end date. The other thing you can't do, so you're stuck doing a seven day. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pay an extra 40 cents or 30 cents per item to list these to end at a certain time. So I'm just going to wait until Sunday. So it was Sunday that I actually listened to these. So a couple of days ago. And then the other thing is originally I was like, well, I've already done all the work on finding the items. So I'm just going to schedule them to start on Sunday. Nope. You have to pay if you schedule the start. Yeah. Now, here's the thing that kind of frustrates me. Like, I feel like that's where it's like nickel and dime. Like, these are features that I feel like should just be available, right? Like to schedule a start time, right? Or to pick when you want it to end. Like, so I was kind of bummed out because now I've got items and it's, I guess it's fine because um, it takes a little bit of time to end a listing, to go in and change, figure out what you want to to list it for on the auction and re-upload it and then go find the next item, right? You're searching, you got to find the next item. So now I've got like the staggered start of ending. So I've got one thing ending at 4.03 and one thing ending at 4.07 and one thing ending it. And so it's just going to be a little bit frustrating uh, to deal with that. Uh, but I mean, I learned, I learned that if, if that's something I want to do ahead of time, I guess just have them as drafts ready to go. And then at the time I want it to end seven days before, go on and activate all those drafts. Like, you have to manually do it instead of kind of just saying like, I've got time now, I'm going to schedule this to start. And of course, it's not huge fees. Like if you were, if you know you're moving lots of product and, and auction is how you do things, you know, paying an extra five to 40 cents, depending on how many features you add on there, it's not the end of the world. But when I'm trying to liquidate items, I don't want to have an extra 40 cent fee on items where I'm going to basically be breaking even on, you know? No, I get it. I, and it's one of those, it's kind of like there's that one box that always catches me. I noticed this the other day. This happened to me twice in a week. And there's uh, on certain items, there's like a little box. And it's like, if you want to display larger pictures, it's a dollar, right? And I've accidentally clicked on that. And I've noticed that like sometimes I've had that listing up for like a year and like I lost $12. Ooh, you have to right. pay per month? Yeah, per, oh. per every time. It re- so it's like, wh- why is this there, right? So... And I wonder how much money eBay makes through the nickel and diming of people not noticing things. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, it has to think about it. Like, that's me, right? Just two items. Let's say I had two items that went a whole year. That's $24. Just me. Now, let's say there's a thousand people that did that, right? We do the math. That's $24,000. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. And that's just. A certain amount of people. Yeah, and and I'll be to be to try and be fair. I think I understand. Like, okay, if it's an extra feature, if you want your if you want your title to like <clears throat> uh, dance, or you want it to like flash colors at you, or whatever, <laughs> like eBay from the early two thousands templates. Like, I get that if you want like it to do something that nobody else is doing, kind of like a promoted listing. Yeah, right? or pay per click or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay, fine. I get that. I'm okay with that. But when it's like a feature that should just be a normal feature, like. If I wanted to do a one-day auction, hey, I got this cool thing. I want to create some hype on it. I can't imagine it hurts eBay. I mean, maybe I understand that um, them having something on for seven days might just generate more traffic to their website over seven days as opposed to just the one day or whatever. But I don't know. Like those those fees to me, those just seem like features that should just be standard. Um, so, but I mean, I learned, um, and that just goes to show because I haven't done auctions really since I've started doing eBay. 
that I didn't know about that. And so there are probably some things that you don't know. And the problem is what you don't know can be, can hurt you when you think, you know, right? Like when I think I understand like how easy it's going to be to set up an auction and there were all these hoops that I had to jump through and yeah, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but you know, just something to think about. Um, maybe let us know in the comments below. Um, what are, what are you willing to pay on auctions or, or do you do uh, special timeframes or do you care if it ends at Sunday at a certain time? Or do you find that eh, it doesn't matter if it ends at Tuesday at 12 o'clock, you know, what, what are the timeframes for you that are the most beneficial and is it worth, um, you know, taking the time to do a scheduled start or to do a shorter thing? Is, is that fee worth it to you or do you just find another way to, to get by it? Well, and see, I did the same experiment as you did. And the problem for me was <laughs> it didn't work. And this is why it didn't work. So I'm always a big believer. This is why I always people when they DM me or message me like, Orlando, do you do auctions? I always say only do auctions for two reasons. One, it's an item that's hot. And you know, you know that like you'll probably get more money by running an auction, right? Because there's going to be a lot of people. There's scarcity, which creates high demand. And you're going to be able to get that price super high. The other way is if it's an item, okay, that you are okay, like, you know, breaking even or whatever, or put it this way, if it's an item that like, it's guaranteed that you're going to be able to sell it. Like I would say, I would say do it, but unless, unless it's a hot item, like it's, it's really hard to do auction. Right. And the only, and the reason it's hard to do auction is because people want their stuff now. Right. When you order on Amazon, like I hate it when I order stuff on Amazon and I got prime and it's like, it'll be there in four days. I'm like, no, mm. like I'm paying for my prime. This needs to get to me in two days. And now maybe I'm the only person that thinks like that, but same thing with eBay. Like I don't, when I go searching for stuff I want to buy, I don't check the auctions unless I'm sourcing and I'm trying to find something at a deal that I can snipe pretty much. I'm doing buying now. Yeah. Right. Cause that's I don't, a great point. I don't want, I don't want to wait for that item. Right. And the other side is, so I set up these auctions, right. And as a seller, you know, to me, it's like seven days, right? Like, and you do the buy it now price, but most people aren't going to do the buy it now price because they're like, Hey, maybe I can snag this for cheaper. Right. So they're going to wait the whole seven days. Right. So I did put a hundred and one items <laughs> on auction. And it doesn't sound like a lot for people to have met. I did, I did like 10. No, I did 101. Cause I'm like, I want to offload this stuff. So did it go I, crazy. Did, was it just like ching, 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 ching? Not at all. Like not at all. Did anything sell? One. What? I don't know. Were your prices too okay, high? So here's a couple things. Okay. So what I did is I put every single tie that I had on auction. Oh, come on. Okay, so you got a hundred ties on no, auction? No, 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 no. That, that was only half of it. And then I put all the lower end Hawaiian shirts that I had. So like the Hilo Hatties or the Hilo Hatties, whatever you say it, uh, the RJC. Like I didn't put any rain spooners. I didn't put any new with tag stuff. I just put like the lower end stuff that I sourced a few years ago when I thought that like every Hawaiian shirt pretty much would sell. Mm. And so I put those all on auction. Now, I still sell those shirts for good money. Like sometimes I'll sell them for 20, sometimes for 30. I'm shocked. Sometimes I may get like 40 bucks depending on the pattern. So I listed all the Hawaiian shirts at like, I think it was like $12.99 plus $4 shipping to start the auction. Now, could have been a little high. I'm willing to admit that. 
part of me was like, I still want to make at least a couple bucks profit on each of these. Well, that might have thrown people off, right? The ties, I think I, I put the ties at like $9.99 plus $4 shipping. And these were ties that like back in the day when things were golden, like the golden era of ties, like you could sell for like 30 to 50 bucks, right? Like I think about Harley, Harley Davidson ties. I used to be able to command like $50 on Harley Davidson ties. You're, you're lucky now if you can get like 20 bucks on a Harley Davidson tie, right? And so same thing with, you know, you have different brands out there that made like Robert Talbot used to make a lot of money on ties and you had, and some of them still do, but it's not the way it used to be. So I'm, I'm like, I'm pumped because I, I, I right after we recorded that podcast, I went home. It was Sunday evening. I had it all lined up. It was perfect. And it was going to end the day before Labor Day. So, you know, and usually I'm doing my homeschool co-op now. So I teach and in the mornings, Mondays are hectic. So I was like, sweet, I don't have to teach. Like I can spend all morning. If I have a hundred packages selling, I could, no, one. And I, it was so bad. I totally even forgot I had auctions. Now here's the other part that I didn't like about it. Like you said, you can't just transfer it. You can't go from buy now to auction and back. Like you literally have to end the listing. So what happened is <laughs> when it was all said and done, I went back to my unsold and I, I didn't know that. So I just put everything to relist. So I had duplicate listings. I had duplicate. I was auction and buy it now. They ended up showing up on my listing. Do you get what I'm saying? Wait. So when an item so, doesn't sell as auction, it, it automatically goes back up as an auction. It, it ends up being your unsold as auction. Okay. It doesn't go back to buy now. So I had to end the buy it nows to initially do the auction. Right. Right. Or you can convert them, but it ends them. Right. So I had all these duplicates I had to find and I had to delete all my duplicate listings that were on there. Huh? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, now, maybe I did something wrong. Let me know in the comments, but yeah. it ended up becoming a mess. And Ooh. on top of that, it dipped into my already post 1000 free listings. Mm. So I had to pay for more listings after that. So. Yeah, the whole thing was a debacle. Like, I, I just was like, I'm not. Somebody had DM me like, yeah, I'm excited to hear how your auctions went. I'm like, seriously, man, I'm like, I'll talk about it on the podcast. But it, maybe you should have just auctioned all the ties at 99 cents. And oh, I'm sure I would have sold a ton of ties. But no, like, I, I'm a long tail kind of guy. Like, I don't mind waiting a couple more years for those things to sell because I'm not losing money on it. Like, I'm still going to. My cost is so low. I'm still going to profit on it. So, yeah. So that that's where auction. So, again. A strong believer auctions only if it's a hot item that, you know, you'll be able to drive the price more because there is scarcity. And the other one is if you're willing to set a reserve price and get it, you know, not reserve price, but you're able to list at a price that, you know, it's going to sell and it's not, it's not a loss to you. Like those are the only reasons I would ever do auction. Mm. So I think there's another one that I'm not remembering, but that's okay. So all right, I got some updates along with that update. So I finally gave in. I got a thermal printer. I thought you already had one. No, I had a laser printer. No, I know you had a laser printer, but I thought you bought a thermal oh, printer. Oh, no, it's a you. Dymo label. It's for labels. Oh. Now, could I oh. use it? Could I use it to like do small labels? I could, but I bought like a Rolo equivalent. Yeah. And that's what I thought you had. No, I never had that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I gone this Have you started long. to use it yet? Yeah, it's amazing. So let me give you the story behind yes. this. So Eric, the college picker, I'm telling you, he probably has some of the best technical content out there when it comes to 
like printers or setting up devices or shipping or, and he has a lot of content too on like what to look for. Like even his earlier stuff from back in the day was what set me up as a reseller. So definitely check out Eric's content. So Eric, the college picker threw up a thing on Instagram this last week and he found the printer. Now what he found was that there's this Chinese like private label Rolo that is exactly the same as the roller printer. Now, how much did you pay for your roller printer? Um, I don't know. It's probably like 140 or something like that. Okay. So you got a deal. Yeah. Right. Cause it's about close to 200 yeah. now. Right. So he found one where it was like 150 and with this code, you can, it was only $75. Oh. So I paid only 75 bucks for this thermal printer. And the awesome thing was like, I went on the ad and the ad like does not work with Mac. So I'm like, oh, I, I messaged uh, Eric and I'm like, hey, by the way, man, I'm, I had to cancel. Like, no, no, no. It works for Mac. I got a hack. So, you know, he has a YouTube video in case you're wondering like if it works or not. And he shows you he shows you the specifics on even like how to get your printer to print four by six because you have to set it up differently, like from pirate ship to Etsy to eBay to Amazon. Like there's certain specifications you have to set up. And he has it down to the science of like, what is the level of darkness on each label? Like it, it's, it's excellent. So check it out. So have you been using it though? And it's, it's nice. Oh dude, it is amazing. Game changer, right? It, it's, it's a game changer now. I'm still, okay. I will say that the speed of it is nice. I'm not going to disagree about the speed cost, but cost the, co- the cost is what I love. I mean, yeah, is it nice that like I hit print and it's like, here's the best sad thing. So I still have my laser printer hooked up because I'll use it like for, you know, when I, my son has to like print stuff, whatever. So the other day I had to print 20 copies for my class. Right. <laughs> and I didn't switch over to, I didn't like change the quantity, like whatever on the printer setup. So I printed a label for eBay and it did 20. But it was so fast. Like it was so fast. That I didn't get enough time to like stop it from printing 20. But I didn't worry about it. Why? Because I'm not worrying about toner. Yep. Like yep. I'm I'm just worried. So I think I picked up like a thousand sheets for like 15 bucks yep. or whatever. And I don't have to pay for toner. And so, yeah, it's definitely a game changer. It's smooth. It looks pro. It's, you know, like with the toner, sometimes it looks faded and I have issues. So I'm loving it. And here's the other reason I bought it. It is so compact. What I've what I've decided is that if I tell Orlando he should do something, it's an absolute no until another person tells him, and then it's a yes. It's very possible, but I'm in love with this printer because, like you, you see the videos when I go traveling and I do FBA. Like I bring the big HP printer with me, and it's you know it's hefty, and I actually put it in my carry on. But this thing is so compact. Like it is, it's so small. Like I literally could put it in my backpack along with, you know, the papers I have to go with it to print on, but it's beautiful. Now I have more room when I travel, right? If I want to do thrifting, it's an easier setup, right? When I do FBA labels in the hotel room, like I don't have to, you know, cause with the HP printer, like it's so big and clunky. Like if it gets dropped wrong, like something can get jostled on the inside. And so the, the main reason I bought it for it was for traveling. Right. So I almost bought two. I mean, 75 bucks. So here's here's what's crazy is that I got the same product as the roller printer for $75. Right. And it it was really easy to set up. And it's crazy because it's private label one. Like Rolo, did you have to like use a CD and everything to set up? No. Okay. Now, does it work even though do you use Android with it? What do you mean Android? Like like Rolo, like does it work with Android? 
like on my phone? Does it work on my phone? Yeah. Like, how do you print your labels? Oh, I do all my labels off of the computer. So my wife has it hooked up to our Mac. And oh, that's why. Because I was talking with the college picture today and like it doesn't have Android capability. Mm. Right. Where this one has it all, except it's not Bluetooth. Okay. So you so I still have to plug into the USB. But it was it was so so easy to set up. So easy to set up because of Eric's video. The C D that came with it, I just threw it away. I didn't even need it. So anyways, I know I'm talking about Eric a lot here, but man. I appreciate his content and I appreciate the fact that I have two printers because of that guy. I have the laser printer and now the thermal printer. Well, I I almost, I I distinctly remember the podcast where I was making fun of you for bringing your big laser printer and telling you should bring a Rolo. And you're like, well, yours seems like big too. Like you have to bring all the I know that was stupid. That was just stupid. Let's be real. Like it was, I mean, and maybe this is a smaller printer than your Rolo, but I don't think I got to look at it after this. So anyways, we're not, we're not, I'm not throwing any affiliate links or anything. Um, I may push it on Instagram, like in a little bit, like, Hey, by the way, this is the printer I got. If you want to take a look, I don't think the coupon code is available anymore. Um, but yeah, I am, I'm team thermal now. Like I I am sold on. Welcome to the club. So there you go. All right. And then uh, are you doing any Facebook or offer up sourcing? I keep talking about this, but it's, it's fire. Um, I haven't, I haven't mostly because I've been really, um, focus on school my my schoolwork is just intense right now my career as far as being a teacher um we're at the beginning of the year and distance learning has been um it's been a challenge for students been a challenge for teachers everybody's trying to figure it out and so pretty much every waking moment of my life is consumed with that okay um so i haven't had time to do tons of sourcing on offer up now one thing that's because mike's a good teacher like, okay. if you ever have a question about like, hey, teachers, you know, they're doing Zoom, they're not spending as much time. Mike's not one of them. I want to let you know. Like, and there's a lot of mics out there, by the way. Yeah. So if you have a student in my class, now you know. <laughs> okay, there you go. No, I can validate. I like I try to get a hold of Mike and I, I and so Mike, Mike in the same building that I would do the podcast, he has like a little office and he's always in there. So yeah, just uh, working. Um, but yeah, so but one thing that's interesting, and I didn't know if um I don't know if that's on the thing here as far as like uh updates, but offer up and let go combined. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. So I see it as a benefit. Oh yeah. Let sure. go was a terrible like yeah, but I, interface. I, I sold a whole bunch of things on let go and I've I've done some sourcing on let go. Um so part of me was like kind of like bummed. But the other thing is if all it's gonna do is just hopefully move those buyers and sellers over. You know what I mean? So yeah. So hopefully it shouldn't be an issue. Um, and, you know, anytime something like that happens, because I remember uh, my brother-in-law who was kind of helping me with like looking for go-kart stuff. Um, I sent him uh, like, would this be a good buy? And I think it was on let go. And he's like, I didn't even know this was a thing. This is cool. And so he started searching let go for stuff. So um, it's kind of nice that I don't have to double post now because I was posting everything oh, on let go and always. offer up. And yeah. so now it's like, I could just post on offer up. Well, you still got marketplace that you got to. Yeah, 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 for sure. But um, I felt like offer up and let go. It was basically like doing the exact same thing twice. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. It really was. And let go was annoying. You know, the most annoying, you know, what's the most annoying phrase when you do local? You know, you know this because you probably get it all the time when you post something. What is it still available? Yes. Yeah. It is the most annoying, like. That should just be like, there should be an algorithm that like, if somebody's going to type that, it won't let them. You know, I, I agree, but I ask that a lot too when I'm like, go to buy something and I, but I know. do you add or do you just, is this available? Like that's such a, like, that's like asking a girl on a date. It's like, Hey, do you like dating? Like, why would you ask that? Well, it's, to me, it's a conversation starter, right? Um, because there's been a lot of times where I'm like, I'll, I'll just do an offer 
hey, uh, $70 for this. And I get a response back. Oh, sorry, I already sold it. Are you kidding me? Right? Well, that's so annoying in itself. Yeah. Like, they should have just hit the sold. So, yeah. So, anytime that that I... I this is a that. ramp podcast. Yeah. So, anytime, you know, there's times I'll say, like, hey, is this still available? To me, it's like, it's kind of the icebreaker. And they're like, yeah, it's still available. I get that that's annoying and and, and I probably shouldn't do it all the time. Um, but then, yeah, you see some people who have, like, in their title, if this is still up, it's still available, don't ask. Um, I'm just I love waiting. that. I'm just waiting for the time, though, when I ask and they say it's already sold and I'm just going to go off on them. Uh, <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so, uh, and, and I'm sure you've seen like the funny TikToks and stuff. If they're like Facebook marketplace, if it was real life, have you seen those? Oh yeah, I have, I have seen and those. it's yeah, like those somebody's like, got like a skateboard on their desk and somebody walks in. Hey, is that available? Uh, yeah. Cool. And then they leave. Yeah. It, yeah. It, but that's what it is. Like sometimes it's bots too. Mm. Right. And it's scammers sometimes. Yep. But I mean, the other day I sold a locker and they did ask like, hi, is this available? So I replied and luckily I replied, but I'm like... If it's posted, it's available. Like, you know, but I, I am finding so many, so much so, like I went to a thrift store the other day and it just felt weird. Like, why why am I why am I here? Like, this is overpriced. You have the same stuff on your shelf for over a month. Like, no one's gonna buy it. Where I find out and I offer up, I'll be real, like it does, it is, it's not cheap. It's not like thrift store prices sometimes, but it's better quality stuff, and sometimes you get more. Right. So it's it's worth your time and you're not traveling anywhere. Right. So you're just posting things. I mean, just right now, I'm about to buy a pair of Harley boots for 25. Yeah. Would I have paid 25 bucks at the thrift store for it? Probably not. But they're better quality, you know, and, and, and it's easy. It's on my own time. And while I'm running an errand, I'll just go pick it up. So it's been great. And selling has been has been OK. Mm. Selling, I think, locally is, you know, I people disagree with me, but I think it's terrible locally. I mean, it's nice when it's just cash in your pocket, though. It is, but the no flakes and, and yeah. uh, you know, I mean, the nice thing I've been doing lately is I've been charging people a delivery fee if they don't want to come meet me and they'll they'll pay it. Hmm. So, well, the worst would be if they flake then. Oh, yeah. I haven't had that happen yet. I mean, I, I will not travel far unless I know for sure you're going to be there. So, so yeah. that's why they need to just have uh they need to have a, like a, um, not brokerage wouldn't be the right term, but they need to have like some kind of a, oh, what's the term? I'm, um, anyways, it needs to be set up where it's got a middle to, person. Yeah. Where, where both parties pay the money. And that's actually what one of the cryptocurrencies, I think Ethereum was made for this. Um, what does it call when you buy a house and your money's in, you're in, in escrow? escrow, escrow. That's okay. what I'm thinking. So, um, Ethereum was actually built. So everybody's heard of Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin's mm-hmm. a part. Yeah. Ethereum's up and coming. Ethereum, um, I don't know if I'd say it's up and coming, but it was built differently. I hear a lot though, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, for sure, but it's been around for a while. Um, it's not like a brand new thing. Oh, that's true. That is but true. what makes it unique is it was originally created as um, a line of code that would have to be fulfilled on two sides. So it allowed people to use it as the base code for uh, transactions. So it would be like both things would have to be true. If both things are true, then the money pays out. So both parties put in money and then there'd be like a third factor that has to happen. And if that happens, then it pays out. Okay. Right. So it, it kind of acts as like an escrow that's all digitalized. So for instance, an example of how that would work is um, something like Uber, right? So if you were to do an Ethereum based Uber what or uh, something similar to that is you would put in the money already into the program. Then the code would have to say, if the driver gets you to this point, so GPS if it's true, you arrive at this location, then it automatically pays out. Okay. So there's no chance of you like not paying out, right? So 
kind of the thing with right like this, hey, you want to buy this? Yes, I want to buy it. You want to sell it? Yes, I want to sell it. We make a deal and then somebody flakes. Well, if with an Ethereum type thing, it would be all put in, the money's in escrow, and then the moment it exchanges hands, however they'd verify, right? Like kind of like the- You could kind of do that with OfferUp, like with your credit card. But how would you hold it? Like how would you, like if you charge them ahead of time- Yeah, how, I mean- the, the, Like if somebody said, pay me and then come get it, Right. Yeah, I mean, I'd you, be like, no, I'm not paying you until I get it. That is true. That's true. Not but if here, it was right. like, I could put money into OfferUp and then OfferUp holds onto the money and until I actually scan on the thing, like his phone or whatever, saying that I picked it up, then yeah, the money, he doesn't get the money. Right. Like, so yeah, that, that's good. if they had something like that, that might help reduce flakes. You know, now, I did. I did go kind of, I was very trusting the other day. There was an item that I knew flipped for over a hundred and it was for 20 and it was, up in LA and I messaged and I said, Hey, can I pay you $10 shipping? And you ship it to me. And she's like, yeah, no problem. So I sent it to her and she actually sent Venmo me back the change for the overage of the shipping cost. Ooh, that's a nice person. Like super nice. Like, and she was like, Hey, hope you're having a great day. I'm like, I wish everybody sold like this. It was mm -hmm. great. So, all right. So that I just wanted to share that now, uh, random stories. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code all in caps, pure hustle 25. That's the numbers two five. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code pure hustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they, they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our, our 
link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. So I, I'm just... I don't know what the deal is lately, but I have my inventory set up, but I keep having to send the message of like, I'm so sorry about this, but this item is no longer available. Oh. I can, I'm willing to, so, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Never be afraid to try to keep that sale. I put this on Instagram, but I've had several instances where I've had to send that message. And actually here, here's one where it didn't work out. The one that didn't work out was I had these two model train cars and one had more wear than the other. But I forgot at the time of the sale. And I actually did one picture, but I should have done different pictures and different listings. So I sent the one that was in great shape to the person that paid less. And I sent the one that was in worse shape to the person that paid more. And that, that person like really wanted the item. So what do you do in those kind of scenarios? Well, <laughs> you know, they get the item. They're like, hey, this looks nothing like the picture. So I'm thinking I can make him just go away. I just refunded right away. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Here's your money. No problem. You're welcome to keep it, blah, blah. And then they message me back and they're like, uh, actually, no, I, I still want the good one. And I'm like, oh, um, no, I don't have it available. And they're like, yeah, you do. It says you have one more available in your inventory. I'm like, what? No, seriously. So I go and it's still there. And so the issue that I've, I've, I'm having is my item quantity, like for whatever reason, has been off. Now, I think it's operator error. Like, I truly believe I sent out the wrong one. And then for whatever reason, I might have put that ahead three available. So that's like, but if you think about it, like that's two pretty random things happening on the same item. Like one of those things I could see happening, but like okay, both but, on the same, that's pretty. Okay, but I'll tell you. That's okay. unusual. So, so I'll give you another instance. So I don't know why, but NBC golf hats have been fired for me lately. Hmm. Someone, Someone let, let us know in the comments below. Why, like I why? looked it up. I'm like, why? So in one week I had three sales, right? And they're all new with tags. I picked them for like three bucks at the thrift. And I, I sold one for like 25, one for 21 for like 38. So I sold one and I, I, you know, I went to my inventory and I remember I had stickers on the bill and I kept looking and I kept looking, and I kept looking. And I'm like, what? This hat is nowhere to be found. But the same hat was available without the stickers in the bill. And I'm like, oh, did I just, did I end up sending the better one to the wrong person again? So I messaged a guy. I'm like, hey, listen, man, like I got the same hat. It doesn't have the same stickers. Are you okay with this? I'm so sorry about this. He's like, no problem. Just send it. I'm excited about this hat. I'm like, oh, all right. So like I sent it off and close, right? So then the hat, another hat sells and it's with stickers in the brim. And I go looking for it and I find a gray one and I'm like, but the picture is black. I figured out what I did. So what I did is I sent <laughs> a track with me. So I had pictures of a black hat with stickers on it, but my description says gray. So what happened is the gray, the gray hat never made it into my pictures, but it was in my inventory. And when I was looking later for that same hat, the hat was actually there the entire time. 
Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Are you tracking with me? Yeah. So I had to message the guy and I'm like, hey, by the way, I'm so sorry. You're welcome to anything in my store. Always give options. Always give options. Two reasons. One, it helps you not get dinged for having a out of stock because you can just put that the buyer requested a cancel. And the other one is you may be able to keep the sale. So, so I said, hey, I'm so sorry about this. I actually, I know the picture, I know the description said a black hat, but I only have this gray one. Are you willing to take the gray one? And the guy messaged back. He's like, sure, no problem. I'll take gray, black, red, whatever color you have. And I was like, what is going on with these hats? Yeah, I think you should. We should look that up. Something I tried, on. but the guy was happy. I shipped it out oh. and I am officially out of NBC golf hats. Nice. I'm done. Nice. Yeah. Um, You know, um, I'm not going to. People say that uh, Mike is mean to Orlando on Pierce podcast. <laughs> Uh, so not everybody. Thinks so that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mean about this, but uh, you know maybe a little bit sloppy there. Right? I I'm I was worried. Like today I was scared. I was scared. I literally was scared. Like I had anxiety because today I sold a World of Warcraft like uh, game thing. I picked up I think for like ten to twenty bucks. I'll show on the Instagram in a couple of days. And I couldn't remember where I picked it up. Like I I, I can't think of the last time that happened. So, I don't know. I, I don't think it's anything serious. I think it's just Orlando has finally come to the place where, like, he just can't remember everything. Yeah, that happens. So, but this is what the fear—the fear that I had. Somehow in my mind, I created that I already shipped this item out. So I'm I'm teaching my homeschool co-op, and the whole time I'm like, I have I, this better be this better be on top of my kitchen cabinet where I think it is. So I go home because it was a $130 sale. So I go home because losing a hundred bucks, like how terrible is losing a hundred dollars, right? I go home, I look, it was there. So now I'm angst. I have, I'm not antsy, I'm antsy. Mm. Like I'm like, anytime something sells, I'm like, it better be there. So I share this. Why do I share this? Because Pierce podcast is about being real (laughs) and we all make mistakes. And some of you are perfect uh, and good for you. But we're not. Why? Okay, that was that was the secondary reason. The primary reason was be as organized as possible. You'll save so much time. I can't. I lost literally like thirty to forty five minutes looking for the hat. If I just paid attention to the listing, or if I paid attention to my inventory, it would have all been resolved, right? And so this can, especially when we get to Q four, like this is gonna happen. It's gonna happen, whether it's this Q four or next Q four, sometime it's gonna happen. But do everything in your power to stay organized. So, okay. I think we're done with our updates and random stories. We went on a little bit there. Yeah. Except I didn't get to tell my random. Oh, story. what was your random story? It's nothing big. I just, oh. um, so I listed some stuff on offer up and yeah. uh, you mentioned kind of the bummer about having people ask, is it still available? Hi, is this still available? Um, I got a weird one and, and you mentioned scammers. I've had a lot of scammers on like um, Craigslist and stuff, but I had one where somebody said, Hey, I want to buy this. Um, and I was like, sweet like that like, okay like <laughs> how much yeah like it's up for sale so um and then i got this response and this is probably if you're selling locally you've probably gotten this before uh, but i'd never seen this one specifically it says all right i want to verify that you're a real person with a six digit code can i have your phone what? number and what i'll send that? you a code to verify and i'm like so at first i'm thinking like this is a very paranoid person but like this is a person who's like but then i look and i'm like they don't have a picture. I click on their thing. They've only had a offer up for like three or four days. And I'm like, I have lots of reviews. 
I've clearly sold many things on OfferUp. You just started. No. And so I, my response was just <laughs> like, um, I don't feel comfortable with that. I'm sure you can figure out another way to find out if I'm a real person. You know, never you have heard a picture of your face on your profile. Well, that's the thing. Like, I'll do the spoon, right? Like, if yeah, my, my face is on the profile. But like, if somebody was like, I mean, if I'm trying to sell something big and somebody's like, how do I know that you're a real person? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll hold a, a black pen to my right ear and send you a picture. If that, like, tell me what you want me to do. I'll hold a spoon up. Like, but, but the reality is like for something as small as what I was selling, I mean, it wasn't small, small, but for like a $60 thing for someone to say, like, I want to verify that you're a real person. Like I've, I've clearly got feedback. You don't like you. I, I want to no, verify I, that I you're get, a real I person. Mean, I feel, Give I feel, me your yeah. phone number. You know, I'll, let me call and talk to you. You know, that's what I'm thinking. I'll send you a six digit code. <laughs> How about that? And I've been, watching, I've been watching, um, uh, like a couple of, this is this guy who's pretty popular on YouTube where he basically just scams scammers who call him up, you know, like nice. the people who call up for stuff and he'll, he'll pretend to be, you know, a victim of a scam, whatever, whatever it is. And he ends up like scamming them over hours of like content. Right. It's, it's wow. pretty hilarious, but I've kind of just started doing that kind of stuff when, when I get scam phone calls, people trying to tell me they're from the IRS or they want to give me this free vacation or whatever it is. So I'll just turn around and start trying to sell them something or, or tell them about whatever movie I'm watching and just go. So, you know, when you get, when you get those, uh, clearly scam messages on offer up, have fun with it or just ignore it. It doesn't matter, but don't fall ignore for it. it. Yeah. Well, okay. I thought I was getting scammed the other day, but it wasn't. It just, it was weird. Like I, so I bought an item and I had cash in hand and I, and you know, the guy shows up and he's like, Hey, can you just PayPal me? And I'm like, why? He's like, well, cause of COVID. No, maybe it was legit, but I'm like, wait a second. Like you're handing me a. Oh, did I just mention what it was? I did. It doesn't matter. It's the season is ending. So it was like, and I'm like, okay, so me giving you this, like, are you saying you're healthier? Like it's safer? Like my dollars are bad? Like I didn't understand. So he's like, PayPal me. But then I PayPal them. And then it said, uh, money was sent, but account doesn't exist. So I'm like, all right. So I'm like, all right, well, that's not, I mean, I scanned his QR code. That was, was weird. Like, you know how on PayPal you can send money, like you just, you put like, there's a thing on PayPal where you put it over and it reads a QR code. I don't know what happened, but it sent the money to the person that didn't exist. So I don't know. Anybody know what's going on hey, there? But he gave you the item? He gave me the well, item. Who cares? So I know. I know. Well, I was thinking like he could charge back. No, he can't charge back because I paid him. Mm. <laughs> so that was good to go. But Oh, did I ever talk? I'm sure I did. Um, I, how did it? Okay. I, I, I had to have mentioned this on the podcast, but when I was moving and I sold my couch, person came to our house to buy our couch, right? Yeah. And because we're moving into the fifth wheel and I, I don't remember how much we charged for it. 300. I, I don't remember. Whatever it was. I'll just say 300. The person Venmoed $3,000. Oh, you shared this before. They missed a, yeah. whatever it was. Like it was, they, they missed a whole digit and they added an extra and I'm like, oh my gosh. And they're still there and they're like loading up the, the, the thing. And I'm like, guys, come back. Like, like you sent me too much. And they're like, oh my gosh, like thanks for catching that. And so they're like, just Venmo the difference back. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Then I did. And then I'm like, am I getting scammed right now? Like, I don't really know how Venmo works. Like, what if the 3000 they sent wasn't legit? 
like it's just like temporary there's no, there's no protections yeah and so i'm like what if what if this is just their way of getting a couch and two thousand you know seven hundred bucks right like no i remember so, you shared this a, this a little bit ago right yeah well, it was over a year ago yeah but. i mean we have new listeners so they haven't heard that but yeah be aware like venmo paypal zelle all those there's no seller protections for like local deals so that that's scary yeah. luckily it wasn't a scam yeah so all right. Wow. We're in like minute 40 something. We haven't got to resell our topic. So yeah. So we'll do those and we'll, we'll blaze through them. We'll blaze through them. No, but it's such important stuff. All right. Hey, by the way, before we it jump into really the- really important. Oh, it's really important. Right. So before we jump on there, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pierce Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And we are also Pierce Podcast on Twitter. You can find us on YouTube as Pierce Podcast. Hit that subscribe and that bell notification. Whenever we drop new videos, we may be going live here soon. And so in order to be notified, that's a great way to do that. We need to do the premiere thing. That's the thing now. Like everybody's doing premieres. Mm. So, you know, so catch our premiere, yeah. our countdown. And then also, hey, appreciate so much for the iTunes reviews. They definitely help us up in the algorithm so people can find us. We've had so many people tell us that they found us like just randomly now. Huh. So that, that's been that's been great. And also, thank you all that are buying shirts, donating and so on, because it's really helping us now. And like we've mentioned before, we're kind of in this transitional phase between sponsors. And so <laughs> any any kind of revenue we were making at all to keep making this something that, you know, was definitely worth cutting to our reselling time is kind of not there right now. So anything you've been able to do to help has been really, really helpful. So we appreciate that. And uh, thank you. Thank you all for your support. Yeah. All right, it is time for Orlando says that the news is breaking and it's breaking hard and fast. What's coming our way is important and we're going to tell you all about it. And here we go right now. Take it away, Orlando. <laughs> okay. I feel like one time we should have like a green screen in the back, with like recently events happening. I don't know what those would look like, but anyways. Find out it's just exciting. like a swap meet. <laughs> just people right. You say a reselling event. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. Hey, uh, eBay fall seller update. Now, ever since promoted listing gate, I've always said, like, we need to really pay attention to these seller updates because the reason why that promoted listings gate happened was because I think a lot of us weren't paying attention. Right. And so when eBay out of nowhere said, hey, you know, you pay for promoted listings, but we're only going to show your listing once, even though you're paying for the promoted listing. Like people flipped out. Right. We flipped out. We had a, like a special episode about it, but it was in the in the details. It was in the small, you know, in the small print. The, it wasn't even small print. It was in the update the entire time. Right. Item specifics. Right. That was another like quote unquote scandal or whatever you want to call it, where people are like, what? I have to do all these item specifics. Well, that was in the seller update. It wasn't new. We, we just didn't pay attention. So I always say like, pay attention because eBay, even though it's like, it doesn't seem like it's connected to a larger piece. Whenever they drop this stuff, it's important. Right? So <laughs> that being said though, we are going to skip a few of these. Cause I think some of this we've already talked about. I mean, the first one was, uh, item specifics. We already had a whole episode, mm -hmm. not a whole episode, but our last update, we talked about that. So you want to know what that's about? eBay is trying to increase their catalog to help make it easier for buyers to search for items. And so they're requiring item specifics in certain areas. And there's a great tool, Optiseller, to be able to do that. So that was part of it. They were talking about that. 
Also on Seller Hub, performance tab updates. I think that's great. So you know how people show their 90-day total? Like you can actually, like if you wanted to really flex, go to the real totals. Like it'll show you how much you made, how much you paid in listing, promoted listings, how much you paid in shipping fees, how much you paid in this and that. It'll show you real numbers. So, but that's an easy one. Now, this is, these are two things I liked. So there's going to be new Terapeak research available in Seller Hub. So it's automatically now going to show 365 days, right? But it's it's nice because it's going to also show active listings, right? And there's going to be access for a helper. So MUA, multi-user account access. Now, if you have a helper, they could do the research instead of you having to do the research. Mm-hmm. Now, it all depends how much you're willing to let go. But I think that's a big deal. Terapeak is such a powerful tool because it tells you, how many items that sold of a specific thing were charged shipping and how much they were charged shipping. And it also tells you, you know, okay, was it buying now? Was it auction? What was the best way? What were the price points? What was the average price? And what's nice, have you noticed in the listings when you list stuff, it'll tell you like the going rate. Have you seen that? Yeah. Now, sometimes you're like, whatever, like you shrug it off, but sometimes it's good to have that info. Yeah, sometimes I feel like it's way too low. Yeah, no, it, well, yeah, because eBay wants that sales conversion. And I, we, I have gotten DMs about like, hey, you guys talk about the algorithms too much, but I'm telling you, eBay wants sell through rate. They want sell through rate. All right. Now, I thought this was pretty cool here. Um, so promoted listings. Now, this is going to be controversial, but I always am a fan of when eBay is willing to reward people that put in that hustle, right? So... Now what they're doing with promoted listings, let me scroll down to it, is so basically your metrics is going to play a part in how your promoted listings are used. So and let me read it real quick. We're now restricting promoted listings eligibility to above standard and top rated sellers, which I think is great. Right. It's good. But how many people is that really going to affect? Like how many people are not? There's a lot of bad sellers out there. You think you think so? Oh yeah. How many times have you you should when you buy stuff you should see like are they top rated are they standard like where where are they? Are there that many people who are not at the above cuz I feel like top rated and and above standard like I feel like most people are there. Like maybe I'm just totally off on that. But I think it's a I think it's good because it's one more way to separate yourself from the crowd. You yeah. get what I'm saying? I don't know. It just seems it, it's hard for me to fathom that somebody You don't think there's a carrot? I mean, I think there is, but I just think that it might not be as big as we think. Like what percentage of the sellers is not at top rated or above standard? Like, is it 20% of the sellers? And of those 20%, how many of them are like willing to really put in promoted listings? Like if they're not like a great seller, do you think they're really spending extra money on promoted listings? I don't know. I just don't know if it's going to make a huge impact, but maybe it will. I don't know. I just think it's, I think it improves eBay overall, like it makes people have better pictures, you know, have better customer service, have all these different things because they want to convert more, right? Because being top rated, top rated seller, you also have to sell it to a certain point. You also have to have a very limited amount of defects and, you know, you have to offer returns and all these different things. So to me, it's a benefit. It's a plus. So, and again, I, I think this is going to be something that maybe down the road, people are going to be like, what? No one ever said about this. I've promoted listings. Like, how come I can't do this? And, and it's like, I still bet though, like if you're doing 1% and somebody else is doing 2% and they're a standard and you're top rated, 
they're getting the the benefit because they're a higher percent. I bet it's just a tiebreaker, right? Like if me and you have the same item for the same price at the same promoted listing percentage, then the tiebreaker is going to go to the one that has the higher rating. But look, what, but look what it says here. It says the restricted access prevents below standard sellers from creating new campaigns or crediting or editing existing campaigns and their campaigns will be automatically paused, but they can still view campaign data and download reports to restore their access to promoted listings below standard sellers will need to achieve above standard or top rated status at which time their campaigns will be automatically unpaused. Yeah. So I wonder how many sellers are below standard. Like that seems low. Cause I feel like, I feel like you've got the defect range. Like, okay, like you, maybe you move from top rated to above standard, but to go from above standard to standard to below standard. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I think there's a lot more than we think. I want, I want I mean, yeah, when I source up. on eBay, like I am shocked, like, at the customer service sometimes. I am shocked at the way things are packed and sent to me. Like, I'm shocked that people, I will buy something and they'll have like seven day handling and they'll wait till the seventh day to ship something. Have you ever bought something from a seller though that actually was below standard rating? I don't know for sure. That I, That's that what I, I mean. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, to be real, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say I have. I don't know. I don't know. So, okay. Let us know your thoughts. Am I crazy? All right. Now, this other thing I'm also excited about too. So let me pull this up. So they are switching things, not switching things up, but they're adding stuff to send offers. So let me see if I can find that real quick. All right. So you can automatically set up things for offers to buyers. So like right now, right? If you want to send an offer, you have to manually go to each item, right? You have to choose the dollar amount and you send it out or you do the percentage where now they are changing it. So let me read this real quick. Later this month, you'll be able to send more offers to buyers who have shown interest in your items and close more sales with our new offers to buyers automation features. The new feature will also help you save time and steps by enabling you to continuously send offers to new and existing buyers. You'll be able to set up this option in the send offer flow with a simple toggle. If you decide to stop your offers to buyers campaign, you'll be able to do so on your manage offers page. So I like this because of the addition of the heavy browsing aspect, right? How many times you, and I'm on it all day, but I'll see something random, like I'm sending an offer and then something else randomly pops up. The reason that pops up, one of the reasons could be at that time, somebody is on their phone looking at stuff and right away I'll send them an offer and it'll convert. But let's say I'm busy. Let's say I'm sleeping or let's say, you know, I'm spending time with my kids or whatever. For a reason, I'm not at my phone this can automatically send that offer and people can accept, right? So I love this automation. I think it, it's great. And I'm to the point where I already know, like you, this is something you all should think about. Like, what are your parameters? So for me, if an item is over, let's say 150 and it's something I've, I mean, I wish they had a time thing too. Like you could, like if it's after a certain time, like you can send this kind of offer, but it's not there yet. Maybe in the future, it'll do that. But like I'm, I'm open to putting a twenty dollar discount on something over one hundred fifty bucks. I'm open to something that's you know between a hundred to one hundred fifty to doing like a five to ten dollar discount, right? Or maybe some of you are open to doing discounts, like percentage discounts. So I think it's a great. I, I think it's awesome. I'm glad somebody thought about that. I think that's good. In fact, it kind of reminds me of another feature that it'd be cool if they were to add. So eBay, if you're listening, um. A lot of people They're always listening. A lot of people have said if you, you know, if something doesn't sell, reduce the price by five percent every week until it sells or every month until it sells. That'd be a cool feature. If it was just like one percent every week, item doesn't sell, goes on one percent more discount. And you can just select that as an option or you could pick whatever you wanted it to be. 
and then give like a bot like a rock bottom, but like not below twenty bucks, mm-hmm. right? So you could say like, "Hey, I'm trying to sell this thing for seventy five dollars, but for every week that it doesn't sell, it automatically goes down one percent. But once it reaches twenty, it stops. Like that would be so cool if 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 you could automate stuff like that. I bet eBay would have even more sell through. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I I think I think like Mercari does that. Do they? Yeah, they do the percentage thing. I think you should be given the option. I don't know. If, I feel like sometimes Mercari doesn't give me the option. And it just did it. Hmm. But I no, I think you have the option. So so maybe maybe. All right, the other items. Uh, so those are the, to me those are the big ones, the the promoted listings and the offering stuff. I mean the item specifics we already talked about. They talked about shipping. UPS is being added, which is great. I can't oh, wait to see that. No, it's been amazing. I haven't. I don't have it yet. Oh, I haven't. Am I okay? I'm gonna go right now. Let me tell you, like. I've saved so much money using their UPS, like big items. It's been their, a great their discount. discount is amazing. It is really good. Like an item that would have been like $35 to ship shipped for like nine eighteen, right? Like nice. huge difference. Well, I noticed that with FedEx, if you do second AC, I don't have it mm. right. Yours shows UPS on your screen. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't have it yet. Bummer dude. <laughs> I'm hoping soon. Um, but if you notice a Fed, even FedEx, like if you do like the second day, sometimes it, it's been. Well, do you have that as an option on your, the items you're listing? Cause we, we have UPS already selected like as that, that, that is the, like when big items, we automatically send through UPS anyways. So okay. maybe that's why we have it. But this should show up. Like it should automatically be on like the select service. Like you should still have the option if you want to do that. Oh, I see what you're saying. So I, I know some people have it. I don't have it yet. I mean, unless I'm doing something wrong. So. So I think that is a big deal though. I'm good. Good. I'm I'm glad you have it. And I don't. So, all right. And there's a bunch of other stuff. There's uh, stuff with vacation and time away tool and some other items. But I think those are the key ones I wanted uh, to show and to talk about. So maybe there's something we missed. Maybe there's something we should expound it on. But I'm excited about the seller update. Now, another thing that a lot of people have been DMing about was Facebook Marketplace. Like no fees. Uh, until the end of 2020 for shipping yeah no no i think it's i think it was it just shipping or is no fees at all because there's not fees if you do local no no no. but for shipping yeah for shipping right i'm sorry i thought you said no fees on shipping no no fees if you ship got it okay so and there are people have been telling me that like they've been selling stuff all like crazy like they'll list it earlier in the day and by the evening their stuff is selling now it all depends on what you're selling but check it out I'm going to start messing around with Facebook Marketplace. I've been doing a lot of sourcing on there, but I'm going to start listing stuff now, which is weird. Here's what's weird. Doesn't Facebook have Facebook shops? So like which which one? Like how, how do you know whether to do shops or whether to do Facebook Marketplace? I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? I just use Marketplace. Yeah. And I, I it would seem like there should be an option to seamlessly be able to do that. Right. But I don't know. Just my thoughts. All right. Also, um, <laughs> so I am deeming Target the retail store that shall not be named. We've already had that title, but we're making it official now. Mm. So what happened to you the other day when you were at Target? Yeah. No, I mean, nothing like huge, but I, I ran into a couple of those signs. I think you posted them on Instagram, uh, but there was a there was the reseller policy sign, right? And they had a whole sign that was saying they reserved the right not to sell uh, product to resellers. And then they defined what a reseller was a an organization or individual who buys in bulk with the intent of selling uh, for a profit, right? Like they had a whole definition, basically like the no shoes, no shirt, no service sign, but saying 
uh, if we think you're a reseller, we're not going to sell to you. Uh, and then there was also a few signs that were, um, you know, the limited items, right? Limit one per customer. And I'm like, the things that there was on those, I'm thinking like, sometimes that's like a clue, like, hey, this means, this means that this item is like going to be a hot item. But what, what I realized is these were just signs that were like stuck by an end cap that they hadn't put out yet. And so they're just like prepping to like put these signs that are like laminated in like hard plastic, yeah, plastic yeah, glass things. Yeah. So they've got them ready to go. They're basically just got them stacked so they can start limiting items and say, get a resale, we're not selling to you. Well, and the reason I bring this up is because you saw it mm -hmm. and we've it's always been rumor. Like, you know, we haven't had anything concrete. Like I've had run-ins with Target. Like Target canceled my circle membership. You know what the circle is? Like you get yep. certain money. Like they just canceled it. They basically gave me some statement that I'm a reseller. And so, no, sorry, we're not going to give you any credit. I'm like, all right, that's fine. But, you know, let me read it real quick. Target reserves the right to prohibit purchases of any merchandise to resellers. Like they don't, they're not like, you know, bulk purchasers. It just says resellers. And this was in the toy aisle, by the way. <laughs> resellers are defined as a company of an individual that purchases goods with the intention of selling them rather than using them. Target does not accept resale IDs for tax exemption purchase of items. Bulk purchases by resellers are not accepted in Target stores or on Target.com. So it's going to make things interesting this Q4. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm just shocked at like organizations that are anti-capitalist. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like, did you see the Lululemon thing? <laughs> like, Don't even get me started. Well, but like Lululemon that sells $130 pairs of their pants, which are the epitome of capitalism. And they had like an anti-capitalism class mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, like there, there's definitely a shift in our culture. Like as far as understanding of economics, like here's the deal. Here's the, the easiest argument towards all of this is target is a reseller, right? Target is purchasing goods, whether they're doing their private label and they're buying stuff from China or whatever for pennies on the dollar and they're reselling it to somebody for 10x or 100x of what they paid for. Or they're going to a distributor, right? They're paying a lower price and they're reselling it to you for more of a premium. Why? Because it's easier access for you, right? To get the item. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a free market like fanatic and I, I absolutely believe in it. But where I think... Trying to see it from their perspective. I, I understand if I'm... You're always trying to see. That's good. That's a good value. But but from from the perspective of if I'm Target's marketing department, right? Or or just trying to manage their their what they look like. If I'm a customer and I'm going in and I want to buy a Nintendo Switch, and there's no Nintendo Switches in the, in the store, but the person who just walked out of the store had a cart with 37 Nintendo Switches in them that he's going to sell on eBay, Right. That's going to make me plus the next 37 customers who are going to buy one for themselves upset. Now you've got 37 upset, <clears throat> 37 upset customers for Target who would have gone in and bought all kinds of other stuff, but now might be like, well, forget it. I'm just leaving Target, right? So they're thinking, yeah, they make the same amount of money either way. So it's not the issue of why would you turn down my money? And I think it's a little different for something like Goodwill where resellers might be a big portion of their income. But for a company like Target, they're going to make the exact same amount of money on the items they're selling. They're looking at how can we make the most number of our customers happy. And so if we upset one reseller versus 37 customers, there's a big difference of their of their image, right? So it makes sense that they would limit people from buying bulk 
right? Because they don't want people to come in and say, I can never find toys. And that's the argument we get from people saying like resellers are evil. Now, again, I don't think that's true. I think that resellers provide, uh, they, they bridge the gap when there's a gap in between supply and demand. And that's a necessary part of the economy. However, if you're target, you're not thinking macroeconomic impacts of, you know, these policies, you're thinking, how does this impact target? Right. And so it makes sense that they would have something like this, but it is a bummer for sure. Yeah. But on the same, on the same token, like, okay, so why wouldn't like the free market always fixes itself? Right. Right. So in, in the, in the sense that like, okay, so maybe that, that person is upset, but then that person has a better understanding of like supply and demand and they need to get to a certain place to get an item. Right. And so Target could go, Hey, you know what? There's going to be a great demand on this item. Why don't we ask more for from the supplier? Why doesn't the supplier provide more? Right. But at, this, at the same time, there's a reason why things are limited, right? Cause people are trying to make money on it. Right. And so Tar, tar, and you've you've made this argument yourself that like what ends up happening, let's say those 37 don't sell. And let's say, you know, now you end up having where there isn't the need to get more of a supply, right? And there's an abundance and then the price ends up dropping and they end up losing money in the long run. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, there's, and, and we talked about that with like hand sanitizer and stuff. But again, you've got to think if you're just target, right? And you're dealing with customers coming in saying, you never have this in stock, it's out of stock. But we know that there's people who are sniping it off of line. And the moment it comes up, they're using bots and they're buying 10 of them at a time. Why don't you limit it to one? So that way, those of us who don't have bots have a chance of getting one. Okay, right? I, so, I can see that. So that's where I think it comes down to is if they were to say like, hey, we're limiting to one Nintendo Switch, just as an example, because that's still something that's hard to find. We're limiting to one Nintendo Switch per online purchase, okay? then a person with a bot is going to have to try a whole lot harder to get every single one of them that drops online. But right now what they're doing is Target can't even sell them online. They refuse to sell them online because bots are buying them all, right? So instead, now you're forced to keep going into the store, keep going, keep checking, keep checking. Whereas if they were to limit one per customer, there's more of a chance that the average person could go and get it. So I, I could see it from Target's perspective that, yeah, there's Nintendo, ha there's an issue in the market, right? Nintendo didn't have enough. They didn't foresee the problem. Um, there's there's they were charging too little for the demand of the product that target could have charged more nintendo could have charged target more right like there's a lot of things that could have fixed this uh but given that target only has so much control over that like they they want to protect their reputation and so these things and, and even too like we, I, I think you have a valid argument like i'm trying to find an, a counter argument to that i mean if you can in the comments let us know but I see what you're saying. And and think too, like even if even if they know they can't actually do it, right? Like even if they know somebody comes and they have 10, 10 board games that they're going to buy at Target to sell online and they walk up to the register to sell them and the Target lets you do it, right? The fact that Target has the sign creates the sense that when somebody's shopping that at least Target doesn't let those people Man, do I, that. I think, I think he's a plant. I think Mike is a plan because you're making solid arguments. I'm going to see if Target has uh, put the money into my bank yet. Or at least sponsor us now, Target. <laughs> like, no, no, it, no, no, no I, I, I hate to say it, but I see your point. So, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe there is a valid argument. I, but it helps I, resellers though, because then there's scarcity even for resellers. So people can't go into Target's, buy up all their stuff and drop the price. So if you can get in, you only buy one uh -huh. or two. People aren't able to tank it as much, so there's it all works out. It's fine. That, that is true. I mean, the, the other the other side of this too is how is Target like? How do they know who's a reseller? 
Like, right. What if I have a big family of like 10, right. Or what if, you know, all those arguments can be made. Right. But I don't know. I just, there's something about it that bothers me. Maybe cause I'm a reseller. Yeah. There's something that, that bothers me. The fact that I'm, I'm helping the business out and, and maybe I would say, yeah, if I was on target side and resellers only made like less than a percent of the gross, uh, whatever the income that the company makes, yeah, who cares? I know. Wow. Okay. Well, with that, we're done. Have a great yeah. day. All right. Uh, hey, I saw this. Uh, so UPS. Now, this seems like big news, but it is big news. So UPS is hiring a hundred thousand employees for Q4. UPS or USPS? UPS. UPS. Nice. UPS. I don't know what USPS is doing. I'm hoping. I'm hoping they're figuring things out here. But here, here's what I like. So. They're hiring 100,000, which isn't a ton more, but FedEx is also hiring 70,000 workers, right? So this tells me two things. One is that they're still expecting a big Q4, right? But if both companies are doing this, USPS has raised their rates because I, I believe that they're thinking that they're going to be able to get more revenue. Now, here's the thing you have to understand. UPS already hired thousands of extra workers in Q2 and Q3. So the fact that they're hiring 100,000 on top of that means that they're expecting a mega Q4. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And then the nice thing too, and again, you know, not to get political at all as far as the USPS, uh, but I think more and more people are realizing that there could be potential problems with USPS long-term. Now, are there solutions to that? Are there ways? Who knows, right? Like there's going to be differing opinions on that. But we can't argue with the fact that competition in the market is always a good thing. And so if UPS and FedEx are actually ramping up and are, are building the infrastructure to handle uh, uh, problems with USPS, if all of a sudden, you know, people don't feel confident shipping through USPS because it's taking too long, items are getting lost. Hey, UPS can immediately take on that extra workload mm -hmm. even after Q4. So I think it's a good thing. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if many of these kind of part-time employees kind of stick around depending on how things go. Um, in other areas, you know, but having, having, a having better infrastructure for these companies is only going to help. And again, you think about that FedEx has got 70,000 UPS has got a hundred thousand, their competition, they're competing against each other. So they're going to have to make sure that the deliveries are happening faster and cheaper. And those two things are great news for resellers. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, to me, you know, with the whole USPS fiasco was all it's going to do is going to create for innovation for somebody else, right? Somebody else is going to show up in, in the free market and going to provide a better price, a better service. And it's either going to force the USPS to do better or not, I don't know, not exist or whatever, whatever it takes, you know? So that was super controversial. I don't know if I should have said that. All right. Hey, and the last one, this is not like a reseller topic, but uh, <laughs> I think it's the end of shape up sourcing. Not completely, but I can't tell you how many times I have sold shape ups and I get the dreaded message of these arrived and the soul separated or these are de deteriorated or there's major damage. And so I posted us on Instagram. I, I got so many DMs saying me too. This happened to me also. Oh yeah, this happened, this happened, this happened. And it makes sense, right? Shape ups are discontinued. So the longer that they're around, the greater the chances of them being in poor shape. Now, the ones that I just had were like brand new looking. I mean, I tested them out, but they may, I think they were left out in the sun. Mm. And I think not like the package was left out in the sun. I think that's what ended up, you know, 
causing the end of it. And so, but be careful. I would definitely say within the store, especially on the phone part, make sure that you do like a great job of like inspecting, like actually like put your finger on the side of it or do do something to make sure that, you know, it's actually yeah. working well. Or the other thing you can do is you're selling a shape up and um, this is totally tongue in cheek. So don't take this as seriously. Um, but what you could do is just say these items are for are for looks only not to be worn. You're buying these shoes as vintage or antique. No, you shoes. could do that. I do that with vintage shoes. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if if you list them as like, these are discontinued shoes. Vintage shape-ups. Yeah. I mean, actually, I don't know if they'd be considered vintage yet or not, but I mean. It's 20 years. Yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, list them. I don't know. What's, what do you call it? These are, these are display quality shoes only. Right. And then, and then you, you're fine. You don't have to worry about it. And they can wear them if they want to, you know. And I've done that before. Like I've sold some vintage vans that were big money, but I said, hey, these are pretty brittle. These are for display only. So be aware of that. So I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. I'm trying to look up if I could see the history of shape-ups when they originated. Yeah, we need to have like a shape-up documentary. <laughs> I'm sure that'd be riveting. People would love to see. I mean, I, there was probably a pretty crazy fad for a while where people were, I mean, you remember the commercials? The yeah, I'm seeing a picture of Kim Kardashian like pushing. I remember, oh, there was that controversial Super Bowl commercial. Anyways, we're with shape-ups? With Kim Kardashian. Oh, I don't know. I didn't see it. It was super awkward. It was, yeah. it was anyways. All right. Okay, we've reached the limit of our Pure Hustle there uh, rating there. All right. So um, that's our reseller topics. Dun, 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 dun. All right. So, hey, but it is time for our next segment. Bolo. 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 What's your bolo? Yeah. All right. So let's go with your bolo. First. I loved how fast you wanted to change the subject there. <laughs> well, because um, so it. our subject, our, our our bolo is um, for me, and I might have, I probably have already mentioned this before, but I've sold a couple, so it's kind of fresh in my mind. But car manuals for like specific cars. Oh yeah, right. Really good. Mm-hmm. I find them at at, at estate sales. I, I think are the most often that I find them. Sometimes garage sales, but you'll be surprised at like. A 1993 Toyota Tacoma manual, right? Or like part list or something. Even though all of this stuff for the most part is online, you can get the PDFs of them. People, if they have that car, a lot of times if they're working on it, they're doing stuff, they want that manual. Yeah, right? it depends what what vehicle, but some are more money than others. Oh, for sure. Like if you've got like a very sought after, highly sought after year or make of a, of a car, it's going to sell for a lot more. But I bet you, you know, even just a random one-off, like a 2003 Toyota Camry, right? Like somebody's going to have to make repairs on that car. And if they've got one sitting in the garage, you know, they may or may not want to buy that, you know? So um, I've, I've done pretty well on those. You can usually pick them up for for pretty cheap because, yeah, if you're in, at an estate sale, what's the chance that somebody's going to be like, I have a 1993 Toyota Camry. I need this, right? Probably not. So you can pick them up for 50 cents or, or the last lot of times. And you sell that for 15, 20 bucks. They're easy, quick flips and they don't take up much room. And I love selling media, right? Anything that can go media mail is like the dream because it's so cheap, so easy. And you're not dealing with all the bubble wrap and boxes and all of that stuff. So anyways, car manuals, of course, do your research. Some are going to be worth more than others. Uh, but, you know, if someone's got an old car, they might be looking for that manual. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's great. I and definitely work and even look it up. I mean, there's some that are like not worth anything, but I have I've had some great success. And usually they're looked over. I would say in San Diego, they're not looked over. Like anytime there's anything with tools or cars, it's like 
it just gets swamped right away. So, all right. So I've been noticing this more and, and maybe I'm late to the game. I posted this on Instagram and I'm like, oh, everybody already knew about this. But so sports cards are next level right now, right? It's like insane the money that's there. But I'm not into it. Like, I'm just, it's not something I like. But I'm into video games. And what I'm noticing lately is that, you know, I never did I think the day would come when you could get like video games graded, right? If they're new in case, like Zelda's or some Pokemon's and so on. But I'm finding right now that even accessories are money. So like, you know, do you remember the Game Genie from back in the day? Yeah. Okay. So like even the Game Genie pulls in money, but- Or like, Game Shark. Or Game Shark, right? Those yeah. things. Or and the, and the latest thing I sold, I sold the Game Boy AC adapter, new in package, paid four bucks, and I sold it for fifty five dollars. Nice. And I had like some kind of expansion pack with it too, and so I was like, "This is crazy." But what I'm noticing, and and other people have verified this, is that like even GameCube. Like it's funny. The other day I had a conversation. He's probably listening. My good, my good friend, uh, uh, Larry from back in the day. Well, we're still friends. He, he, the other day he posted something. He goes, you know, Orlando, I wonder like, what is the trash item right now that's going to be valuable in 20 years? Mm. And I go, huh? What do you mean? He's like, well, you think about how many items right now that people like didn't care about or discarded that now, like you can make money on, right? Like, I don't know, maybe it's like a McDonald's item or, or it's something that like no one cared about. And in the video game world, like which consoles don't make money right now when you source them? Can you think of any right now? PlayStation. Yeah, right? Like PlayStation, yeah. Xbox, okay. right? Depending, right? Like you could make some money, but it's very particular, like yeah. Crash Bandicoot or some kind of video game, right? Like that. But Nintendo, yeah. You're golden, right? Game I picked up a GameCube when you when we first started reselling, you told me yeah. about GameCubes and I couldn't tell you how mad I was cuz I went to a GameStop when I was right out of high school and I bought a GameCube used with a used controller. And a couple of used games. And I think I paid $35 total for the console, two controllers, and some used games. Because, yeah, nobody wanted GameCubes. They yeah, were, they'd been out for dude, a while. They were, the Wii kids, had come yeah, out, you yeah. know? I'm just saying, I'm thinking about my kids' daycare. Like, they had a GameCube that had all the Mario Brothers games and everything. And, like, no one, like, it sat there. Like, no one cared, right? And actually, even two years ago, I sold and new and packaged platinum i think it's a platinum gave you controller for like 150 bucks right but it never hit me like the market keeps going up mm. and so keep keep an eye because you know when's the last time we've seen anything gamecube garage selling or even at thrift stores right it's been pretty crazy like i can find some n64 stuff but gamecube is pretty sought after and the other day you know my son always wanted super mario sunshine and two years ago i had a I went to a garage and I bought a bunch of games and one of them was Super Mario Sunshine. I paid, I think, like two bucks. And he's like, Dad, can I have it? I'm like, nah, like, I'm going to resell this. So Heartless. Uh, this was like two years. I know, I feel bad. So, you know, the other day we were talking, I'm like, do you still want Super Mario Sunshine, son? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, you took it. He, like, he did some, I don't know if he did this for the podcast or he did something and I, I wanted to reward him. So I look it up and it was like over a hundred bucks for Super Mario Sunshine. Like, and, and so last time I remember it was like 50 bucks. Now it's over a hundred. Now the market might dip a little bit because they're releasing, I think on the 18th of September, like you can buy Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Sunshine and another Super Mario game for the Nintendo Switch. Like, but still people want the original like cartridges. They want the, the discs. They want the cases. Like you can sell the cases for some of these games for like 20 bucks. Mm. 
So keep an eye because I, I think my, and maybe it's already here. Maybe somebody on Instagram said, didn't it already happen? I don't know. Maybe I missed it. But I think there's going to be a boom in collecting of video game items, especially new and packaged. And not just the games, but even the accessories. Mm. So so that's my bolo. Yeah. All right, so what are you looking oh, forward well. to, Mike? Uh I don't know. Not much. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing if my items sell, right? Okay. My auction items. It's a big one. Oh, that's right. We still need an update. The, yeah. the second update on the auction. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I don't know. Like I haven't, I haven't actually been able to source in like two weeks and that's been kind of rough. I feel like when, when I'm sourcing, like kind of going back to our last level up review, when you have those little victories, it gives you that motivation to keep going. If you go too long without sourcing because you're busy doing other stuff, yeah, maybe you're getting sales, maybe you're getting through death piles, but the sourcing is like the life-giving part of mm-hmm. reselling Agreed. for me. So like you get into a slump. So it'll be nice, I think, to actually get out and do some sourcing. Part of the reason I haven't been sourcing is I've had some death piles um, and, you know, I've just been busy. But I think now that I'm really working through these death piles, my wife is really helping me get through a lot of these death piles. It's like, all right, I think I can go get some more inventory. So nice. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. All right. What about you? So I already rented my cargo van for Q4. I'm going to have it for a month. And I know some people have said, why don't you just buy one? I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to buy one yet. Two trailer, man. Just like mine. I know. I know. Well, maybe I'll use the trailer with the cargo van. We'll see. But I, I, and I got a sweet deal. I'm paying maybe like a couple hundred more than I would for a minivan for the cargo van. And so the only problem is it's only a two seater because it's like a, it's like a Ford Transit. Or, it, it was a mystery cargo van. So. Hopefully I don't get, I mean, can you go wrong with the cargo van? Maybe you could, but I'm not mechanically inclined. So that's why I didn't get a cargo van because having to buy a used one and fix it up and all that, like it just, it just seems like too much of a headache for me. So I'm not going down that road yet, but I'm renting it for a month. So I better put good use to it. So starting next week, I'm going to already start sourcing for Q4 because here, here's the story. So part of the reason I got this cargo van is I had the hot item from this summer that maybe it's it's still hot. It's still selling well. And what ended up happening was I showed up into a town and they were supposed to have a ton of this inventory and three of those places didn't have it. But then I showed up to one place and they had a ton of them. But the problem was the next place had them, but I had no more room in my vehicle. So I had to drive an hour back to where I was staying, drop them off and drive back an hour to the other place. And I shared this already in, in, in a previous podcast, how the next morning, I ran out of time. So the next morning I had to go out and I drove two and a half hours and the item was sold out. But if I had a cargo van, I could have hit all those stops. So my game plan right now is like, I don't want to do secondary trips for inventory. And then I remember during Q4, like I could only take so many boxes into the UPS store. And so I'm hoping that now this is going to save me time where, you know, instead of spending an hour and a half, you know, unloading and reloading boxes and driving back and forth on one shot, I can just take care of it. So hopefully it's worth it that I rented this cargo van. So part of that too is I'm going hardcore and I'm just going to make where I live storage. Yeah. So, uh, so like my bedroom is going to be stacked with like toys, my kid's room, the bathroom, like everywhere. Yeah. That's hardcore. I mean, and you're not hardcore unless you live hardcore and the legend of the cargo van <laughs> is way hardcore. <laughs> okay. So, I got to make it. Listen, if this is going to be the mega Q4, the Q4s, I got to throw everything I can at it. And then in January, we'll revisit and go, okay, this is how many Q4s? Was this the Q4 that changed everything? Or 
Am I just better off at like being consistent on eBay or going private label? We'll have to wait and see. So I'll have to wait and see. All right. Hey, and with that being said, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate all your support and make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Please.